Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Audiobookish. This is a podcast uh, about audiobooks. My name is Fahed Rahman. I'm here with Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we are going to be reviewing Small by Claire Lynch. Poppy, would you like to read out the blurb for Small? Yes. So, babies who are this small, he says, have a good chance of survival. Small is not good for babies. It is not whimsical or cute or the cause of admiration. It is the first time it occurs to us that they might not survive. Babies die from smallness. Claire Lynch knew that having children with her wife would be complicated, but she could never have anticipated the extent to which her life would be redrawn by the process. This dazzling debut begins with the smallest of life substances, the microscopic cells subdividing in a petri dish in a fertility treatment centre. She moves through her story in incremental yet ever-growing steps, from the fingernail-sized pregnancy test result screen, which bears two affirmative lines, to the premature arrival of her children, who have to wear scale-model oxygen masks in their life-saving incubators. Devastatingly poignant and profoundly observant, and funny against the odds, Claire considers whether it is our smallness that makes our lives so big. And I will read out a quick bio about Claire. So Claire works as a university lecturer and is the author of two academic books and numerous scholarly articles and chapters. Small is her first book for general audience. Claire's Four Talk, The Other Mother, was first broadcast on BBC Radio 4, and her first piece of narrative non-fiction took second place in the Spread the Word Life Writing Prize in 2017. She was a shortlisted writer on the Penguin Random House Right Now scheme in 2018 and longlisted for the Hinterland Nonfiction Prize in 2019. In 2020, her writing was shortlisted for the London Library Emerging Writers Programme and the Arvon Short Story Competition. So I'd like to thank Claire for reaching out to us over Twitter and providing us with a review copy for this episode. Mm-hmm. So I... I think when we both kind of initially read the description, we was kind of, I had a certain idea of what the book was going mm-hmm. to be and yeah. it's not really that book. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did it come across to you kind of initially? Yeah, I think definitely I was expecting a much more disastrous book. I was expecting a lot more tragedy, I guess. I'm not in any way saying that, the things Claire and her family go through aren't difficult, um, but it is a more optimistic, nice story than I was seeing from the blurb. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting because while obviously it does talk a lot about smallness and babies who are born prematurely and they're small, and that is a big part of the book, and smallness used as a theme kind of throughout it, one of the big things that I thought about kind of what the book is about was about two women having children together and the practical and social things surrounding that was a big part of the book that you wouldn't necessarily pull out from that you know that focus on small babies and things and on fertility treatments in general as well for the range of different reasons why people use them as another big focus on there and then also parenting children as they grow you know the the blurb makes it seem that potentially they might not be able to do that but they do and yeah there's a lot in the book about parenting and being a mother and a child's bond with their mother and mother's bond with their child and things like that that yeah I wasn't aware was going to be in it and it was a nice surprise 
yeah so it's the blurb doesn't get across how much it's kind of it's a i don't want to say it's a light book but kind of there's a lot of humor that Mm. goes throughout the book and even at the bits where you think something bad might happen Mm -hmm. it's a lot lighter book than i think the blurb kind of makes out i think is yeah yeah and I think I agree with you about kind of, I think the book's basically split into three chapters. So there's the road to them deciding to become parents, the path to, you know, them actually getting pregnant and then kind of what happens afterwards. And each one of those segments, Claire handles with this kind of, there's like so much humanity in their story. Yeah. And she comes across as a very kind of likable, witty, empathetic person mm-hmm. as well. Um, so let's start off with the IVF sections of the book. It's quite rightly kind of sounded like a really daunting process to mm. to go through. So I was just wondering what your impressions of that were. Yeah, it's not something that I am very aware of. I kind of know vaguely some people of family friends that have had something kind of to do with that. But my most knowledge is probably a lot of other people's kind of more pop culture references maybe not pop culture but more kind of what you see on tv when it happens and stuff like that and predominantly fiction workings of it so yeah it was really interesting to hear a kind of first-hand account from someone actually going through it and yeah it was really really interesting it's kind of difficult I'm not sure what to pull out of it I think it's the kind of thing where I'm not particularly personally as in for myself, interested in it. And yet I still found hearing about it really quite interesting, you know? Kind of, I think anyone, even if you're never considering that that is going to be in your future, if you really are considering that that's going to be in your future, I think regardless, it was really interesting to hear about it. And yeah, the kind of, the difficulties in there, the, the joys in there, the sadnesses in there, yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that um I pulled out from that. So one mm-hmm. of the things that I I didn't realize was kind of quite how many side effects that drugs had mm, on them. They, yeah. they, there's one bit there where they're talking about um can't remember if it was Claire or her wife talking about them feeling heavy with eggs, mm-hmm. and that mm. just sounded really kind of um I don't say gruesome, but it just it didn't sound pleasant at yeah. all. And then the other bit that I quite enjoyed from that particular section was them in the waiting room kind of eyeing up the other couples or the other people mm. in the waiting room and I just look there's a lot of kind of little observational bits like that throughout yeah. the book where she's kind of noticing what other people are kind of going through and kind of mm-hmm. trying to get inside their heads so there's lots of little bits of people watching in here that I, I really enjoyed yeah no definitely and especially when they kind of talk about you know, these people look like we did back then sort of thing. And yeah, that really imagining what's going on in people's heads that was interesting. And of course, I think the most devastating parts of the book that, like you say, the blurb maybe suggests it comes later, but actually the most devastating parts were talking about these trials of IVF that weren't successful and yeah, how hard that was. And actually this discussion is coming out around the kind of remembrance of pregnancy loss and um, infant loss month stuff happening in October. And yeah, that passage was, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. It is, it is a tough part. It's probably the toughest part of the book. And it was something that it's always difficult of knowing how to 
say this because I'm not meaning it as a sort of, wasn't that great for my entertainment, but yeah. <laughs> there was something that you gain from the audio for the fact that Claire narrates this herself and you can tell that those passages were really difficult for her to read. You can tell the lump in her throat and that is a very powerful thing I found from the audiobook as well as the powerful words the fact that you were hearing her reaction to her own reading of her own recount of this time was yeah really powerful yeah just kind of building slightly on that point let's talk about Claire's narration now actually so I really Mm. enjoyed Claire's narration one of the things that I I enjoyed about it was that it was slightly unpolished in terms of you could tell sometimes like when you're listening to a professionally narrated audio, but that the breathing is always on point. And there were certain points where you could tell that she didn't get her breathing quite right. And I found that really endearing. Um, it just made kind of, it just brought me into the story a little bit more kind of mm. like, it's like she was actually just speaking to you about this thing yeah. that had happened to her. It was a very personal. Read. Yeah. It was very, yeah. very, very. And you know, there are kind of quite a few witty lines in here, just her delivery of both like, the really sad Mm -hmm. Uh, moments there's kind of one particular line that grabbed me um and I think it was something like I I don't want that child so I think she's kind of talking about what one of the miscarriages that she had Mm -hmm. she no longer wants that child she wants she's happy with the children that she's got at the moment and then there's another bit where they're in the supermarket and there's a lady talking to them about twins and she said there is um there's a protocol for this situation but none of us know where it is because the lady just starts you know bursts out into tears and Mm. she's there with her kids and she doesn't quite know what to do so it's kind of like little bits like that that I found like her delivery was was excellent yeah I really enjoyed listening to her saying it and I think she was a very good very good narrator we've spoken before about kind of it only works for the author doing it if they're a good reader. And yeah, I thought she was really, um, really engaging. And just regardless of, you know, whoever read this book was really engaging. And then, oh, it was also the author. And you feel that connection to, yeah, she's really telling you what her experience was. Because, yeah, really good. Yeah. Was the, what's something else that kind of, um, what's on your notes, as it were? Um, One thing I think is kind of connected to that. So maybe a good thing to move on to is she was talking about when her two daughters so they have twins as Fred alluded to and when these two girls are growing up she was talking about how she was doing various things like writing their name in their PE kit and or in their clothes or there was there was a list of things that she was saying and she was saying that she was doing those things because she couldn't give birth. I think the quote was something like that she couldn't be the one to carry them, so she was going to be the mother that did these things. And I kind of, it was a moment that just made me think that I really wish that she and others in that situation didn't have to feel that guilt because I don't believe that there's anything to feel guilty about that. And I also don't believe that that's true in that I don't believe that she was doing those things because she wasn't the one that carried them I very much got the impression that she would be doing those things anyway and it kind of made me sad that she couldn't enjoy those parts of being a mother without that pang of guilt behind it so that was one part that made me 
quite sad and sort of wanting to yeah that that stood out because I thought it was a shame that that beautiful moment the stuff that she really wanted children for was getting clouded by something that because of what people claim is what it means to be a mother and that is a big part of the book that we'll definitely talk loads more about that yeah because of that what people define as being a mother that she wasn't the one to do that part that she then yeah had other things overshadowed by that and I thought that was a a shame. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the impressions I got from the book was Claire trying to work out her own feelings about yeah. what had happened mm-hmm. uh, to her, kind of through everything. And she, you know, they they go through a lot in the book, kind of like the period where they're trying to conceive is, you know, it's it's kind of quite fraught with kind of stress and things like that. And mm-hmm. it's it's also kind of just building on on the point that you made that like genetically they are Claire's children because she yeah. donated the egg. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned about what it means to be mother and who actually, I mean, they're both the mother, what, you know, one of them gave birth, but what the other person provided the genetic material. So it is, mm-hmm. it's quite interesting you you make that point about her not necessarily feeling, I don't know, guilt is the right, right word, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get at um, the emotion that she was feeling when she wrote mm-hmm. those passages. Yeah, maybe perhaps guilt is wrong. Maybe it is more kind of, I don't know, feeling that she didn't qualify, feeling that she had to make up for mm, it kind of yeah. feeling. I'm I'm not sure what the word is for, but yeah, it, I guess it was more that sort of thing rather than guilt itself. And yeah, and that is definitely something where, you know, Claire and I differ because of her choosing to go through IVF um, and certainly one of the reasons through choosing to do it um, as opposed to, say, adoption, that she just discussed how she made that decision of them wanting them to be connected to them through genetics and through um, who gave birth. And yeah, I personally am very much of the opinion of a parent is neither of those things. And a parent is, you know, the ones who love you and the ones who raise you and all that. And I'm aware a lot of that stems from my own family background, that I am very adamant that um, those things are not what qualify you to be a parent, to be family and things like that. But I also can completely respect why those things do matter to some people and they do have a big impact and why that can certainly, yeah, make you feel those insecurities. Maybe that's the word we're looking for. Yeah, I think insecurities is probably the right word. And, you know, yeah, I think that theme of insecurity and not knowing what quite the right path to take is, is something that does flow through the book kind of. There's several bits where she kind of talks about how she wants to parent her kids and, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what the right path might be for them and wanting them to have the ability to have like happy, fulfilled lives and what a mm. massive dilemma that is for all parents from all walks yeah. of life. How do you give your children that framework to be good people and to have fulfilled lives is like one of the most daunting challenges any any person can face. Mm. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, it would terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and that is really expanded upon in the section where they go to the antenatal classes and mm-hmm. Claire is like lumped in with the dads. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, is a really insightful, humorous section of the book because she's kind of co-opted into the, the dad section and they're kind of, the dads talk a lot about what their worries are and their, their insecurities are and their fears and mm-hmm. worries are and 
Claire kind of echoes a lot of those insecurities. And she, I think one of the things that came across in the book to me was that there's a shame that men aren't encouraged to do that more mm. often, really. Yeah. No, definitely. She kind of got a bit of an insight there and times when they were more comfortable to share those thoughts. And one kind of on a similar line that really stuck out to me was when she was talking about how they split like the leave, like from work. Yeah. Um, and her wife, Beth, was looking after the children for two months or something, however long it was. And then they swapped and Beth went back to work and she took some more time off. And talking about how women reacted to that being like as in to Beth saying like oh you know how could you leave your children maybe not necessarily in such a judgmental yeah. way as that sounds but a kind of oh I could never leave the you know kind yeah. of passive aggressively judgmental but what the men were saying were I wish we'd done that I wish I'd been able to spend that time and I I thought that passage was really interesting those two perspectives and kind of I guess a wish that, yeah, they they were wishing they could more co-parent in the way that these kind of gender rules have sort of impressed upon both sets that they have particular roles that they're meant to do. Yeah, I think one of the, the other things that is in the book that I found that fascinating was the roles of gender and how that's explored as well so mm. th there's a section in the book where they go to a demonstration in ireland about uh, what's it called yeah so i think it was that um she was in ireland at around the same time that it was happening all the discussions about gay marriage i think yeah yeah gay marriage yeah. and i found that section kind of quite interesting in terms of you know how do you define love and you know, mm -hmm. what role does the state have in not sanctioning oh, I'm trying to think what the right word is legislating uh, mm. about what relationships people should have with each other and I think you know the parental leave thing mm -hmm. comes into that a lot I think if both men and women were given an equal amount of parental leave to use equally I think that would perhaps go a long way to challenging some of the, the gender roles that we find ourselves in because you know yeah a lot of employers even today are somewhat reluctant to employ mm. women especially in higher level roles who might get pregnant. And if you just say, mm -hmm. well, if you know, both men and women are you know, mandatory, have to take this amount of time <laughs> off, then yeah. there's, there's, that, that, that thing is going to possibly go away quite quickly, I imagine. Yeah, I, I definitely found that, yeah, thinking of that, what the what these fathers were responding in that way, saying, you know, I wish we'd done that. Definitely, if things were coming from that kind of legal or employment basis that encouraged that, I definitely think that would help. But I think what those quotes also highlighted was the fact that that is not what their respective female partners were thinking. Yeah. You know, they didn't have that response of, oh, wouldn't that have been nice if we had been able to do that? They were kind of so ingrained in the, it is my duty as a mother to stay off work and stay at home and therefore it's every other mother's duty to stay off work and work yeah. at home and not even considering that you know fathers might want to do that as well so it was kind of yeah it it is a very much a shift from a whole bunch of people's perspectives not just kind of the permissions but definitely the permissions would help yeah yeah and kind of just a little bit more on the gender roles the, the other thing that i found quite um funny was the midwife 
kind of like ask them questions like oh, you need to kind of do all the bits and pieces around the house that your your, your wife might not be able to do and like mm. the guys was like well I do most of the cooking anyway and yeah you know, some other guys are well I clean the house and stuff yeah. like this anyway it's kind of that that old like 1950s kind of like you know the woman does all, all, all the housework and kitchen work and stuff like that and the man just yeah and that's just not true <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah whoever ran that prenatal class or whichever it was dear lord um <laughs> and it, it was nice that yeah the group of people actually attending the class were all of them together like well this is bullshit as opposed to just one couple or just a few of them it was nice that they were that they were all thinking that was absolute rubbish. But yeah, you still don't want people to be, you know, leading classes, teaching those kinds of ideas, claiming that that's normal, especially not when they're teaching people who are raising children and therefore indicating they should be teaching their children that those kinds of things are, uh, yeah, the way the world should work. It was, yeah, it was, it was mad. And there was also a, there's a very frank discussion that she has because then they have um, three girls in total. And they were talking about the, added challenges there from societal things all those stuff that goes into it and saying how you know they read books and they know they get told you know explicitly through books and from them that girls can be anything girls can be engineers girls can be astronauts girls can be doctors girls can be tons of things that in some contexts have been labeled as being for men and for boys only and not for girls and women but that equally they were still being fed you know pink things on adverts and that certain toys are girls toys and certain toys are boys toys and yeah that is a a huge issue of the world of our country in it's it's nice that we are getting closer to stuff that there are these explicit messages of there aren't barriers and you know you can be what you want to be but equally there are a lot of implicit messages fighting against that that kind of can't be ignored yeah I think my life philosophy is slightly different to that I don't think any child can be anything that they want to be I I just I don't think that's it's more the point that the gender isn't a reason that is holding them back Yeah, yeah yes so what I think is that there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things that you you can grow up to be and the only way you can find out is by trying your best and you might you might fail and Mm -hmm. you might find another dream to follow but yeah kind of it's more about making sure that they're aware that there are so many possibilities open exactly yeah yeah. that's kind of yeah what she was seeing was that their world gets narrowed despite the fact that people say you you have all this wealth of option to explore to find what you're good at that there are things that make that pool seem narrower um and that claim that your gender defines a lot more than it does and yeah people can easily think oh well no that's not a problem anymore because we have all these positive messages and all these role models and it's like okay but there are still some other messages going around that are having a damaging effect on telling people that their gender's stopping them from doing stuff and yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. definitely something that I know from my own experience and yeah was a part in the book that definitely did stand out that yeah it's important to think not just about 
the explicit messages, but the implicit ones as well. Yeah, one of the things that she, she kind of like constantly has to deal with is whether or not she has to have the conversation about the fact that her children have have two mothers mm-hmm. and how much energy she needs to put into. One of the um, most infuriating sections of the book is where she tries to register the birth of the mm. twins and she's dealing with this overly officious public servant. He's just like doesn't realize that then you know their job is actually to help people it's just kind of oh, it's going to take a little bit longer for me to fill out the paperwork mm-hmm. so yeah it's kind of like situations situations like that that they run into yeah definitely and so i'm by and so a lot of those things around female female relationships although i'm with a male and Hopefully I'm not anticipating that changing yeah. <laughs> anytime yeah. soon. I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm not necessarily anticipating a lot of those issues that they come across being issues for me personally, and especially, you know, with not necessarily planning on having children, a lot of those issues that are discussed with um, parenting as a female-female couple, I'm not anticipating being a personal issue. And I was fortunate enough in my previous relationship that I didn't face a lot of the things that they faced with people. And yet, as, as a woman who's attracted to other women, I felt it quite keenly that those things were an issue. Um, it was one reason why I was yeah, really glad to have listened to the book that I wouldn't have necessarily known I was going to get from it. And it's something that yeah struck a real chord with me personally but equally i think that you know straight women as well and men will also get something of a connection with how people are put into boxes and the gender rules that people have and what kind of either you know hypothetically or actually would qualify you to be a mother and things like that that yeah means that i think anyone can find it a very interesting thing to hear about and to widen your mind to what people are facing. Yeah, there's kind of lots of sections uh, in the book. Well, I mean, it's an integral part of Claire's Claire's story is the mm-hmm. you know, is the fact that she's gay and that you know there's a lot of touching, touching and annoying and infuriating mm-hmm. and joy filled things that come along yeah. with that. And yeah, I think it's just. We're not at the space where it's just another experience. It's kind of it comes with its its, its own unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, one thing that particularly came to me was when she was at the pool and she was talking about how people will say things like, um, "Oh, what does your husband think about?" and all those things. And I mean, gosh, the one that was <laughs> like, "Oh, four girls, your husband must feel really outnumbered." Which, regardless of whether she did have a husband or not, is still back to can we stop with gender means everything. Yeah. Um, but she was talking about how difficult it is to just kind of relentlessly have to correct people and things, and sometimes just drop in a wife. Um, and yeah. stuff like that and that sometimes and she feels a bit guilty about it but that sometimes she just doesn't bother correcting because it's not worth it and yeah that kind of yeah that that felt quite I don't really know what the word is but that it did really jump out to me and I've had a, a kind of a, a similar kind of thing she was talking about how they just assume they just assume that she's with a man they assume she's straight you know kind of thing and yeah, certainly this is maybe coming a little bit away from the book and 
more for myself but as someone who is bi I feel that kind of regardless I'm confirming or making a new assumption for someone you know whenever I use any pronouns you know I kind of feel like either way I am confirming their assumption or I'm reversing their assumption when actually they're you know in most cases they've probably not assumed that I am bi you know either they've assumed that I'm straight and me saying he about my partner confirms that to them or they assume that I'm gay and me saying he about my partner um, disconfirms that or or whatever. And it's kind of a weird thing because I'm not super big on the label. One of my things yeah. about this is the fact that I am attracted to all genders, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that I just, you know, not to be too soppy, and this isn't quite yeah, how I see yeah, it, but yeah. kind of whoever you love, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It, it is more about that. So it's it's not that I you know, want that label everywhere and want everyone to see that label. It's more about not wanting to be thought of incorrectly, I guess. And I think that's maybe what she's talking about, that sort of assumption and people assume. And just the idea that you're thinking in your head that someone thinks something of you that isn't true, regardless of whether it really matters whether they know it or not. Yeah. Just that idea that someone thinks something that isn't true and that internal conflict of, is it worth me making that point when kind of, it isn't that big of a deal to me that they, that they know, but also it sort of is. And yeah, that conflict was some, yeah, something that personally I certainly really connected with about that section. And that, yeah, I think it's important for people to hear that experience. Yeah. And she's really eloquent throughout the book and, you know, she writes particularly eloquently about those, mm-hmm. those experiences. There's something yeah. that you said just before about mm. um, when they go through the IVF, they, go through kind of like almost like a therapy about you know what mm. type of parent you'd be and all that sort of stuff and that's something that touched quite close to home with me because for most of my life I'd kind of imagined myself you know getting married and having kids and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of coming to that stage now where I'm probably thinking well that might not happen for me and you know those questions about what sort of parent I would have been and all those sorts of things and maybe going down you know the adoption route and all that sort of mm. stuff and that hit quite close to home to me yeah. as well so it's it's a wonderful wonderful book yeah and you know they, they say it's like a, a dazzling debut and I genuinely think it is it's, it's a superbly touchingly written book about kind of what it means to be a parent yeah yeah, all sorts of about about being a parent about being a partner about being a child that we haven't even Mm -hmm. touched on the section where she's talking about the situation that's happening with her dad's health and kind of that that entire life cycle thing as well yeah no definitely there's there's so much stuff I mean we we haven't really spoken about the certainly what the blurb claims is the main part of the book you know the difficulties that they had with the premature births both times around and how difficult that was and yeah while I've obviously from what I've said not experienced any of that myself I am aware of friends and family where difficult births and premature births and things have been uh, have been a big thing and obviously it affects so so many people and yeah that is I kind of don't have loads to say on it but it it was it was maybe not quite as tragic like we said as you might worry it is but it is still highlighting the seriousness and is a really touching personal account of those things and then yeah as you say being a parent being a child being a person health 
that's not fertility related health that is fertility related all work sorts life of balance. things work life but ba- yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of yeah you know she her kind of up talking about going back to work and you know the challenges of like juggling her mm. professional responsibilities with her life at home so yeah it's yeah it deals with it deals with kind of like all sorts definitely I kind of think it's maybe less to describe it as a book about fertility treatment or a book about premature babies which is certainly the impression that I got I guess maybe not even fertility treatment I kind of got the impression it was a book about premature babies less that and think of it more as it is Claire's memoir um and the kind of things that come with that it reminded me quite a bit because I guess I've said on this podcast that I'm not really that big into kind of nonfiction and memoir stuff but I did read H's for Hawk and it reminded me quite a bit of that uh, which is really fabulous book. And again, it sort of has a theme. Um, so in that case, it's falconry. But it also touches on all sorts of other aspects of life. You know, again, relationship with parents and parents failing health and stuff. I think, yeah, it's a good comparison to make between those two. And yeah, definitely think of this book more as a memoir, more as something that a lot of people will pull different things out of and can get a lot out of all of it. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that kind of, I think the things that Poppy took from it are completely different things than I um took from it. Kind of mm-hmm. one of the main things that I did take from it was resilience. I think mm. kind of like Claire and her partner come across as kind of really resilient people and kind of that touches every part of their relationship. And I found that kind mm-hmm. of quite sweet um, yeah. as well, how they lean on each other. Um, oh, definitely. Kind of, yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like, you'd want that for yourself a little bit as well so yeah yeah so yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like um yeah really really lovely in that sense yeah yeah they have very very lovely relationship and also the relationship with their children um and kind of yeah hearing about them as little kids is really nice and there's one of the funny moments if you kind of need convincing of funny bits they're sort of talking about how um because this is another thing it talks about like technology at the moment and yeah. you know kids with technology and how that works it, it talks about the pandemic and how schools are disrupted with that but um back to the technology bit um she was talking about one of their daughters sending messages to their auntie i think and saying about and lots of emojis and there's this emoji because this and this emoji because this and a pizza slice because i'm hungry and, and that just <laughs> made me laugh that that line just really got to me i, I wrote that down because that bit was just really funny because yeah they're just touching kind of family moments that can either i guess yeah like you say make you yearn for that maybe for yourself or kind of more for for me kind of nostalgia i guess a little bit to that kind of childhood um imagination and things that was really nice yeah so i think it's a firm recommendation yeah. <laughs> for, for, from both of us I, yeah I, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't have a go at the marketing people but i think like the blurb doesn't really fully get across mm. how many different aspects yeah. of life this book touches on mm-hmm. i think it's oh god it's a book about parenthood and i don't think that really comes across in the blurb it kind of like, mm. it sounds like a much smaller story <laughs> than, than that kind I of get like, you. Yeah, yeah so um, yeah yeah again thank you to claire for, for, for mm-hmm. reaching out and you know it's lovely when people on twitter kind of recommend you books and send mm. you codes and stuff like that this is not something i would have touched with a barge pole yeah if it, yeah i would have been too scared for sure. Yeah. I was already a little bit scared, but I am really grateful I listened. And I'll be honest, I think I'm going to listen again at some point because, yeah, really good. Yeah. Definitely. I had yeah. a bit of an interaction with Claire. I tweeted out I'm at the bit where oh, yes. the, the babies are at hospital and 
I really hope nothing bad happens. And then she tweeted back a gif from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It says, oh, the tension is unbearable. I hope it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of like, okay. Now that seems of... <laughs> cruel. That seems cruel. She knows the outcome and she's teasing you. <laughs> yeah. So just if she's teasing me that way, then obviously nothing too bad. Yeah. Yes, it is a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely book, beautifully mm-hmm. Really, you know, beautifully and sweetly narrated by mm. by Claire. It's kind of, I think, it's quite a brave decision that she decided yeah. to narrate it there oh, herself definitely. because there's we've we've kind of talked a lot about the the lightness and the humour and stuff like that, but there are quite a lot of harrowing bits mm-hmm. in there of as course. well, and kind of that can't be easy to talk about mm-hmm. at all. So yeah, no, definitely. Okay, cool. So, what book are we doing next, Poppy? So next we are doing Weird Gods, which was, uh, I think, another one where someone reached out to us, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, over Twitter, yeah. So yes, excited for that. I am a little bit in, but got more to go and we're going to be yeah. discussing that one. Yeah, and thanks uh, everyone for listening. Please subscribe, please leave reviews for the podcast. It just helps people discover it. If you've got any questions for us, please email us at audiobookishpod at gmail.com and follow us on the social media. And I think our handles across everything is audiobookishpod. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.